Hi, I'm Chico West, and I'm with Shannon West, my wife. We have a podcast called Filter Optional. We're excited to share 23 years of marriage, my 29 years of sobriety, and our treatment center, and many other topics hot for the day. Thank you, Shannon, for joining us. Yes, so I um, have been married to Chico, like he said, for 23 years, and he started his master's in counseling the first year of our marriage. And so I have gone on this counseling journey with him, but then I've also been very involved um, in schools, in our kids' schools, and have a lot of um, experience to share um, along with his um, experience in counseling and treatment. And so we're going to be sharing our experiences because we get questions all the time we get questions all the time I from get, everybody uh that we run into i get facebook messages i get emails and you know i answer back look i'm not the counselor you know i'm not the big bad counselor like chico you need to talk to chico and then they you know generally say well chico doesn't get back to me because he's he he's the type that on his phone he has like 24,000 emails, you know, it just makes me insane. So, or 60 text messages or, yes. that I haven't read. Yes, yes, or 125 <laughs> voicemails. So I'm kind of his go-between. I, I try to answer But I do get back to people. Yes, when I when I intervene and say, yes, here, here's my answer, but then you really need to talk to Chico because he's the expert. But um, we have a lot of experience in answering a lot of people's questions about many topics over the years. But the, most of our marriage, we spent uh, doing treatment for chemical dependency. You've been an integral part of that uh, process as well. Yes, I've always worked for Chico along with you know teaching school and and um, tutoring kids and. In a way, I've counseled kids through my teaching and things like that, but um, we've always worked together and um, have a lot of experience. And that's why Filter Optional is is our brand, because we're two uh, distinct different filters. I'm the no filter. Yes, Chico is confrontational. I veer from confrontation, or, confrontation at all costs, and he... Um, is the addict um, in recovery, and I am most likely the codependent um, in recovery, I'd like to say. But um, so he's going to come in hot and confront you and give you the truth. And I'm going to try to soften it and um, give you some grace and some love and some <laughs> compassion. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's very compassionate. I, I am compassionate, but sometimes people need to hear the truth. Um, yes. And that's what we're about. And today, what we really want to talk about is something that Shannon, after spending lots of time uh, with me working, I had a real structured sober living for 15 years. And now we have a treatment center, residential treatment center for men called Casa Kalina Treatment yes. um, down in Ellis County. And what she's found from her time being PTA president at our kids' elementary school to working with families to being part of the sports and, and having kids is we found that something that Shannon, I want to give her credit, came yes. up with, the four Fs. What are the four Fs that okay. you came up with? I would love to talk about those because, and I want to give a little background about, I'm so glad technology is caught up with us, um, with the internet and everything else, and we can do this podcast because I gave Chico a tape recorder for Christmas one year because he has so many great thoughts and 
and sayings and things that can help um, parents and families. And he would tape record things hoping to write a book. And so with my experience, I came up with a book title, The, the F Words. Um, because I was going to write a book, but I haven't written a book. So. And if you know anything about me, I struggle with saying probably what you're thinking of the F word. But these are four different F words that we really want to discuss today. Exactly. So at the end of elementary school for my youngest, I was PTA president in fifth grade for his year. And what I had observed over the 10 years that I was at elementary school were um, parents... Um, were afraid for their children to fall, fail, or feel. Those were the three F words that I came to, fall, fail, and feel. And they were all kind of under the umbrella of fear. Um, they would be afraid for their children to fall, like if they're just at a very young age, climbing up a tree, you know? I mean, my kids were crazy. I mean, they they got themselves into so many dangerous situations, but people would be like, no, no, don't climb that tree. And Well, it started early with our oldest, uh, well, who's right. now in college. Is he, uh, people would come to our first house and we would give him probably not the wisest thing well, on our, uh, I mean, from where we're coming from. We had a big magnolia tree. And what would you give Travis? I would give him a, a, a saw, a real saw, because Bob the Builder tools were not real. And he wanted a real tool. And he would sit out in that tree and saw on this one limb for hours. It was the best daycare I could have ever asked for. And he never hurt himself. But uh, didn't people come by and were they fearful at the same time? Yes, yes. I had a I had a mom walking her dog or whatever come knock on my door. And I had a big bay window so I could see Travis the entire time. I was watching him. She came to the window and she said, I just wanted you to know that your son has a saw in the tree, and I was like, oh, goodness, are you are you crazy? Oh, well, I'll get right on that. And I went outside and talked to Travis. And But as young parents, we would struggle too in being fearful what others thought. So with these four fears, these four Fs that yeah. you talk about, we, we ran into obstacles there too. Right, right, because everyone was trying to make sure that their kids didn't fall or hurt themselves and and there's a, there's a genuine fear with a parent you you don't want your kids to hurt themselves I mean you don't want them to fall and then with the fail um, it was in school you know even in first grade if they were to fail a spelling test it would it would just send parents into you know like they're never gonna get into college you know because they failed this spelling test and then also with feeling you know kids are mean if they're trying out things and um, Kids can say mean things at school, and we didn't want our kids to have their feelings hurt. And um, well, and remember when I was coaching, you know, our oldest uh, soccer or any other sports, and you know, our oldest is nineteen, so he's at the at the end of the millennial generation. Right. And so when I would come to you and go, we're not given a trophy because our team was actually yes, the worst. Yes. Oh my gosh. See, that's where I'm the filter. Like he, he, he's like our team was terrible. I mean, one kid showed up 
to the first practice in like penny loafers um, for this for soccer practice, and um, so they were the bad news bears. They and so we're good. seeing more and more talking about this millennial generation and stuff like that is like, oh, we have to give them participation trophies. Well, I did make Chico get trophies because he was like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting trophies for the kids. You know, they didn't win the championship or whatever. But um, and so when we look at these four F's, we fell into it as well. We, you know, we got into a place of sometimes fear or or we were afraid that they would, you know, fall or fail uh, but, and get and and feel. Well, and as my kids got older, I realized that's why when when I thought of these things, it was when my youngest was in fifth grade. So my oldest was already, you know, heading into high school. And I thought of these things because I thought, oh my gosh, parents, elementary school is the time to do these things. It is the time to fail a spelling test and then feel, you know, bad about it and figure out how to cope with those feelings and manage those feelings. And, you know, it's the time to, it's time to fall, you know, out of a tree and have a minor cut and, you know, hopefully no big injuries, but. One, with our experiences, you know, a lot of things happen in, in elementary or even junior high that really don't affect uh, the consequences for your kids. Right, you know? right, right. They're not going to not get in. It doesn't go on their permanent record. They're not going to not get into college because they failed a spelling test. And, you know, if they get their feelings hurt now and you teach them how to deal with those feelings and really feel those feelings. I remember when you were speaking at a um, middle school when we were, well, when he was first in his counseling, so we weren't first married, but um, he went to speak to a group of moms and I was so impressed by what he said because I had never heard him speak. I just went because he's my husband and I was going to support him. <laughs> what was it that was so intriguing so, that I said? Okay, so a mom, he asked for questions after his talk, his talk that's always very no filter. You know, he's like giving, giving it to the mom straight and, you know, they're all kind of like wide-eyed and whatever. And so one mom just said, okay, well, just tell us what the biggest mistake is that you see moms making. And you said... The biggest mistake I see moms making is not validating their kids' feelings. And so the moms were still kind of confused because they were like, well, I validate my kids' feelings. I mean, I tell them they're wonderful. I tell them I love them. I, you know, I, I, I think they're wonderful. And you said, well, if your daughter comes home from school and someone has called them, you know, fat or something like that, been really ugly to him, what's the first thing you say? And the mom said, well, I tell them that, they're, of course, they are not fat, that they are beautiful and whatever. So automatically, they think they're crazy. They ha I mean, what would you say to that? Well, lots of times what they also say is you shouldn't feel that way. And so what, what else I think I said at that uh, PTA meeting or yeah. whatever it was, speaking to you know, those moms is they don't validate their feelings. What I mean by that is a lot of people don't understand their feelings. You know, and so what they tend to do is uh, they tend to discount it. You know, I feel like uh, no one likes me. That That's more of a thought. They're what what your kid is really saying is I'm, I'm fearful that I'm going to be alone. Right. I have shame and stuff like that. And so what we tend to do is we, we don't want what's going on with us as parents is we don't want our kids to uh, to hurt. So we right. try to take away or be those. Sad or yes. be angry. 
And so, but what was most meaningful for me is not the question, because I was right along with the moms thinking, well, yeah, I would just comfort, I would comfort my child and tell them, you know, that everything was okay and that they were beautiful and that they, you know, were whatever. And, um, but what was most impactful for me was when you said, when they said, well, how do we do that? How do we validate their feelings? And you said, well, if somebody says, you know, you're fat, then you say that, wow, that must have really hurt your feelings. Did that hurt? How did that make you feel? And then they're going to say, that felt terrible. And then you're going to say, launch into some story like, you know, I was called fat. Or something that's something that's similar. Personal. Yes. Right. Personal. So that they know that you actually have dealt with that too. And then they can feel more normal. Yes. And that goes along with, you know, dealing with addiction all the time is a lot of times I like to sum up addiction. It's a feelings disease and I don't like my feelings. Right. And so we tend to, uh, many times minimize uh, someone else's feelings and discount them. Right. And so those four F's are, we're trying not to minimize those things. Their life is, there's going to be times that life is, is scary. It is fearful. Right. You know, the other thing with life is people are going to fall. You know, what happens when you get up? Right. And why, why don't you talk about the, how many feelings are there? What? Okay, so when we're first married and I said, you know, I would come in the room and I'd be like, oh, you're making me so mad or you're making me so angry. And I would tell her, yeah, I can't make you feel anything. Yeah, I can't make you feel anything. And I was like, well, there sure is a feeling. So I'm telling you, you can make me feel bad. And he said, no, I can't. No, I cannot. And then when I'd say, I feel frustrated. And, and I go, say, well, okay, what, what is frustrated? frustrated? And he's like, frustrated is not a feeling. You know? And I'd go, okay, what is frustrated feel like? Right. You know, and so what I come up, what I've come up with is I believe there's really kind of seven core feelings. Okay. So anger. Anger, yes, is a core feeling. Sometimes though, it's a secondary emotion covering up others. Okay, great. See, here we go already. It, I don't know. I don't know all the feelings. Okay, so we've got anger. Yes. It's a, it could be a secondary emotion. Okay. Yes, it can so be. Sometimes me, it can be primary. Give me a good feeling that doesn't fall under secondary emotion. A feeling. A feeling. Fear. Fear. One of okay, our so four one of the F's. F words. Yes. The okay. next feeling is pain. Okay, pain, okay. You know, and, and then what I do is I have a chart and I go fear, yeah, pain, and then I got anger. And anger, I many times can be a cover-up of fear and pain. Okay, okay, so the secondary emotion from... But I can be angry and it can be primary. I get angry at the disease of addiction, so we do something about it as a couple. Okay, right. Yes, then then there's, um, there's shame. Shame, okay, see, that's a really good one that people don't, I don't think identify very well. Well, a lot of times they get it confused with the next feeling. What? Guilt. Okay. So shame and guilt, because like if you fail a, fail a spelling test, you're going to feel shame maybe, but you're not going to recognize that. Well, the shame is what, what we tell ourselves about who we are as a person. Guilt. We might also feel guilt. We didn't study for it. Okay. Okay. So there is, you know, there is a, a, you might have that sense of guilt or, or conviction. Uh, and that's this, a personal responsibility. Which Yes, and that's healthy. Yes. You yes. know, and shame is what we tend to tell ourselves about who we are as a person. Right. Okay. And so with, with that, who we are as a person, many times um, 
is the, is those old messages. Shame many times also can uh, many most of us feel shame if we get embarrassed if someone calls us out. There's that sense of shame. So you want to, I mean, that's another thing you want to. Well, you want to teach yourself how to feel appropriate feelings first yes. of all, so that you're not putting those feelings onto your family or your kids or the addict in your family, whatever you, you have to learn to deal with your feelings yourself oh, and, yeah. I, and identify them. Oh, big time. And yesterday I was, I was meeting with a, a doctor just for, for some private counseling and stuff like that. And he has a big meeting on Friday, tomorrow he has a big meeting tomorrow. And he just took a picture of my feelings board. He wants to share his his feelings without getting into too much control. Right. And he goes, the, these feelings are a game changer. And he's a successful surgeon. Right. Okay. And so we also have to realize one thing that I've learned through you as I try to identify my feelings, because I, you can't make me be anything, which I still think you can make me be things because you can make me think, be things. But <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor, thou, here nor there. But I... Learn to, um, I lost my thought. Um, About me making you feel something? No, 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 no. I want to, oh, oh, I know. Um, when you feel feelings, they aren't truth. And I think that has been a, they're just feelings. They're not truth. And so that has been great for me to realize with myself when I feel, is anxiety a feeling? Anxiety, lots of times, could be is fear. Is a secondary emotion? No, well, it, 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 can be, it can be primary, but fear is, is, you know, a derivative of anxiety. Well, so if I'm, if I'm anxious or fearful or whatever, I have to realize that it is just a feeling and that it is maybe not truth. And I have learned to give that message to our kids, like when they are anxious about something or sad about something or angry or whatever it or is. Or lonely is another feeling. Or lonely and I will, or in pain or whatever, I will say, you know, is this a lie you're telling yourself because it's just a feeling you have right now, today, you feel this way. Is this a lie you might be telling yourself or is this truth? I mean, it, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I what, understand what you're saying. Lots of times, I'm not the counselor. Yeah, give me, I, help me out. Give um, me the message. Well, what it, what I'm trying to, <laughs> what how I'll try to help you out is a lot of times our feelings we we uh, assign uh, some meaning to that feeling, and we then tell ourselves that this is truthful. Uh, and so, the, what you, what I think you're trying to say, Shannon, is you're trying to say uh, lots of times our feelings aren't aren't the truth that we tell ourselves. You know, I'm fearful, right. you know, as, as an adult, I'm fearful I'm going to go bankrupt when I have, you know, right. when I pay the IRS. Right. You know, yeah. it, when actually I have. <laughs> really? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. that, those, that hasn't happened. That, that's not that's not true. That hasn't happened. Yeah. No, yes. anyway, yeah. But then you can give a lot of power to that. You know, yes. I, I'm fearful it, it, as parents when we see our kids struggling with feelings. I'm fearful that they're not going to get into the like right college. Like if they feel stupid, but is stupid a feeling? See, you see what I'm saying? Like, how do you help your child not to feel stupid? Okay, but stupid, I, lots of times I see stupid as a real four-letter word. It's worse than well, yes, a four-letter word. Yes. And so w stupid is, uh, it, it's like, okay, what are you feeling? If you look at the seven feelings, 
that, you know, I look at is fear, pain, anger, shame, guilt, loneliness, or joy. Yeah. Uh, many times, uh, stupid is probably not joy. No. Uh, but stupid might be shame. Shame yes. is big time with stupid. It's like they're embarrassed. And then they're assigning uh, from that shame, they're assigning a meaning there right. that all of a sudden I'm not smart. I'm a, I'm a dumbass. Right. You know, I'm an yeah, F up. no filter. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So the same could be said for happiness and joy, I think, because happy is not really a feeling according to you and the chart, but you know, that can be, that can lead to addiction. I would think because you do things that make you happy. Yes, you, you know? do. And that's not, that's not really assessing a feeling of joy. Joy is healthy and well, yeah, a lot right. of, I mean, yes, joy, joy is powerful. When you look at those seven feelings, many times people see my chart and they think, they look at them and go, uh, they're all negative except joy. Uh, right. You know, yeah. and what I, I can see that. what I tend to say is, that, is they're not negative, they're biological. Because here's the deal, the, the four F's, when we get back to the four F's, what you came up with, you know, fear, there's healthy fear. We want our kids to have healthy fear. Okay. Right, right. If they're walking in a dark alley at night and they sense something going on, we want them to be fearful of that situation. Yes, or fearful when they're in school. And maybe if call somebody on the phone or, you know, get out of that situation. Yes, or if they're fearful with, um, if they're fearful they're, uh, they're not going to make the grades. Right. If maybe they're not study, study more. more. <laughs> right. Yes, or they'll ask for help. Use their feelings to motivate. Yes, and the good, change in behavior. Yeah, and and you know, with our boys, our boys are a little different. Uh, when they were growing up, they had high pain thresholds. Yes, yes. And yes. so we wanted. It, sometimes we didn't even know they were sick. Well, yeah, both of them, their eardrums burst overnight because I had no idea they had a raging ear infection. Yes, so yeah. blood all over the pillow. Like. So pain's a good thing. You know, right, because it can detect, yes, that something's wrong. Yes, you know, anger can be a good thing. The gift of anger is strength, the gift of fear is wisdom, the gift of pain is healing, the gift of uh, anger is strength, the gift of shame is accountability and spirituality. When you're a parent, as parents, we struggle with shame that we're doing something wrong. I think those four F's we, have to we do We struggle that. with shaming our children too. Oh. How can you time. not help it when you're like, why would you do that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen you do. You know, you're not supposed to call your kids dumb, but, and I don't, but you know, you're like, what do you, broke brain. We do call them broke brains because yes. sometimes their brain was broken. Yes, completely. You know? Like, And so the gift of shame is accountability and spirituality. You know, there is, I've, we are far from perfect parents. You know, yeah. we've never met any <laughs> really? perfect parents. You, think? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the gift of guilt is values. If you're guiltless, you're valueless. Then there's loneliness. You know, we try to avoid people's loneliness when actually it, that is a common feeling. That is very biological. There's going to be times in our life that, that loneliness occurs. Uh, and the gift of loneliness is reaching out and belonging. And if you begin to share that instead of discount it, so is that why isolation is such a red flag with addiction and and even maybe suicide or um, depression or things like that? Because they are not reaching out. They are not taking the gift of loneliness. Yes, and they're and they're you know getting into themselves. 
Yes. It's very selfish and self-centered uh, many times. Sometimes it's just a man, a common manifestation of depression, and they don't even know how to get out of it. Yeah, but you don't want to call lonely selfish, I don't think. No. You, know, you, you don't call it, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. I know you didn't mean that, but I just wanted to clarify because... Yes. You don't, you know, you don't what, what I call do. somebody that's hurting... Or lonely, selfish. No, I'm but, not. I'm not yeah, saying that no, at all. See, no. that's why you're the filter. I know, it helps right, out. right, right, right. Because see, my I thought know, that was, I know what you're saying. See, my thought that what I was really saying is because you brought up addiction, and addiction's pretty selfish and self-centered. Okay, well, yeah, that's a that's a different topic. But yes, yes, and we'll come to that yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah. But then joy, the gift of joy, is healing. You know, I, the example that I like to use for joy, uh, many years ago, probably 18, 19 years ago, I had a young man. Uh, that I was meeting with and I was wanting to get him into uh, drug and alcohol treatment and I was meeting with him and his parents uh, and he'd been in multiple trouble from his addiction um, and he finally said okay fine I'll effing go to that treatment center that Chico's telling me right his parents felt a lot of joy now it wasn't happiness they felt joy in the sense that he had given up he was asking for help. Some relief. Yes. And there's that gift of healing. Yeah. Now, they weren't excited about paying the money or no. they didn't go back to their little community and go, my, my son's a drug addict. Right, right. That's the difference between joy and happiness. But they had joy that he was going to be successful. Right, right. That he was going to get help. Healing. And so, so sadness, is sadness not a feeling? I think sadness lots of times is pain. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, that and that's why in but... loneliness, sadness can be loneliness as well. See those I, I like to look at those feelings as kind of the uh the colors of the rainbow. Right. There's seven colors in the rainbow. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I like that. I like that. That's hope. That's God's hope. That the is rainbow. Yes. Yes. Um, so um I think that if we can teach I think that from your counseling perspective and your experience, it's so good to talk about the feelings, the seven colors of the rainbow, and and figure that out because I think it all go, kind of goes back to why I felt the way I felt after f finishing elementary school because if we can teach generations and our children, and, and there's no, um, it's not never too late to teach them these things, but it sure is easier to teach them how to feel and fall and fail when they're younger. And so if parents can get a hold of... And be all right with your fear. Yeah, well, sure, yeah. I mean, I think they all fall under the umbrella of fear. I think that, that they can be secondary emotions to fear, right? Falling, failing, feeling. Well, that's a feeling. That's not, I'm not making sense. No, that's all right. But what I, what I think you're trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is what I believe... I what, will. Okay, I know you will. That's the that's the benefit of that. Oh. Uh, but what I think you're trying to say is, if we can if we can allow our kids to have a voice, uh, to you know identify their their feelings, you know uh, address their fears, be all right with them, you know falling or failing. Yes. Uh, that that actually helps them instead of uh, paralyzes them. Right. And then I don't want to talk specifically about our kids. I mean, we can eventually, you know, with their permission or things like that. But, um, you know, if our kids are in a lonely place, um, I think as a kid, you know, he's just like, am I going to have friends? Uh, you know, is 
am I going to have plans on Friday night? You know, am I gonna, the FOMO, the FOMO. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But as a parent, when we feel, or our kid tells us that they're lonely, we jump automatically to the, to like, they're depressed, they're majorly depressed and that, you know, they might harm themselves. We, we might jump to that, but I, th I think at first we jump to fixing it. Well, sure. Yes. yes. Well, I, I mean, I think many times we get into fixing it because we don't want to see our kids hurting. Right. And then you try to make plans for them and you try to get their, you try to call moms and say, Hey, can, can, can our, can our children hang out together? And you, you try to, you try to manage their feelings and so you're never going to help them. And you don't give them permission to feel. Okay. Well, right. And how come we're managing their feelings? See, that's the question that I want to ask, you know, you and I and others. How come we're managing their feelings? Because we're having feelings that they're hurting. And so yes. before. And we we're fearful. We're fearful that they're going to hurt and that they're going to, uh, you know, harm themselves maybe. I mean, I think that's a oh, big common time. fear with social media today and everything. Just, you know, you're like, you know, what is my kid seeing on the Internet or what text thread are they in that's going south and ugly and and in our experience i know my experience and i think yours as well and i i don't want to speak for you but many times is our we don't our feelings our kids can pick can pick up and sense our feelings and so a hundred percent yeah and so we think if we're not fearful or anxious you know which is you know derivative or a you know byproduct of fear yeah um is many times we our kids can sense that and sometimes they'll use it against us or right. sometimes they'll take it on and wear it like a big blanket. Yes. Uh, and so before we can even address the four fears, we got to address what's going on. The four F's. Yeah. We got to address what's going on with us. What well, are we fearful? Okay. About? That's what I'm getting to is that we're talking about this. I think adults and parents and even family members, you know, if they have a, I mean, obviously, if they have a son that's, they're a parent, you know, but I think, you know, a lot of people focus in your, in your um, industry and whatever, everybody focuses on the addict. Everybody focuses on the person that is screwing up, you know, or the person that is actively in their addiction and causing, you know, havoc. But I think that we did the, the parents, same thing as parents. We focus on, you know, the teenager or the preteen yes. or instead of going, what's going on with well, us? That's what I was getting to is that I'm yeah. saying that we need to focus on ourselves and figure out the feelings ourselves and figure out how we're feeling so that we can then help our children or our family members to recognize their own feelings. And well, going back to I the mean, very beginning of what we were talking about is when when you said is. If I, if I know my feelings, I can connect with them. Oh, you know, the example you said of the little girl coming home, I feel fat. Yeah. You know, and what it is, she's fearful that people are going to judge her and she has shame and stuff right. like that. And when you connect, I know what that's like. I felt that way before. Right, right. That that is actually more powerful than um, than any of the other stuff that we can do for our kids. Right, right. And, so, and I've tried to do that since you gave your talk and our kids were little. I mean, I don't even know if our youngest was born at the time, but when you gave the talk, but I have tried to do that. I mean, even I have tried to consciously, like even when Travis broke his arm last year, I'll bring, bring up something that was out of everybody's control and not like a negative thing to talk about him. But um, 
you know, when he broke his arm and he missed his senior football season, he's so disappointed. So disappointed. He was hurt. It pain. was painful. It was painful. But not just it, physical pain, right. emotional and emotionally. pain. And I just remember talking to him about things that I missed out on because of, not because of a football injury, but, um, you know, I, I remember relating that senior, like, think, feeling like this is going to be the last time, but that how he needed to take this pain and be a leader on the team, on the sidelines. He needed to, he needed to be a coach now. He needed to be the guy that he needed to take that pain and turn it into what? What's the, what's the gift of pain is healing. Healing, yes. Yes. So and and he did, and but we also gave him permission to to hurt to feel, yeah. Yes, and I was like, this would suck. I mean, not you, just the physical pain, yes. but the emotional pain. And the and he had times where he was discouraged. And we would just let him. We would just say, you know what, this sucks. We're sorry, you know that. And what do you, what do you have to say about sorry too? Like you, you say, I, I think sorry is a crappy yeah, word. Yeah, he hates that word because he's like, it, what are you it takes sorry away. About? Yeah. What are you sorry for? What are you yeah. sorry for? But, but we can talk about that a different time. Yes, yes. But I just anyway. Yeah, and so yeah. here here's the deal with our with our podcast. We we really want to take this opportunity to answer questions. You know, answer questions about addiction. Answer questions about um, marriage. Answer questions about uh, child rearing, answer questions about that. We, Shane and I are really different, but we work well together in our marriage. You know, right, she, right. she is we very, very different, very different. And it, yes. and it works. And a lot of times, and uh, every time I meet somebody that knows Chico, that doesn't know me, they say, Oh my gosh, you must be a saint. I mean, it's like a common theme. I just, I don't know. I don't know what that says about Chico and being married to him. I've, I've been fine married to him. It's been, it's been fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't use that word either. What? Fine. fine. Oh yeah. Well, we know what that means. <laughs> Effed up, insecure, neurotic, and Emotional. Emotional, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yes. yeah don't say And fine. she might be fine at times being married <laughs> to me. Fine's not a feeling. <laughs> but the the deal is, yes, people say, you know, oh, she must be a saint. I, I like to reverse it now that we're older. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you you know, I must be a saint being married to you. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm really difficult. Yes. Um, it's really hard. Um, but that that's the difference. That's well, why. Well, but I, I think we can talk about now that we have, you know, our kids are older, and we've been in this business together yes. for so long. And I'm not the big bad counselor like you, and um, you know, I'm just the, you know, standby, the bystander. But um, you know, we want to answer questions that I finally like. Parents will ask because of the decisions we've made in raising our kids, um, as far as like not getting a cell phone for our kids until um, high, high school. school. That doesn't, it's, we call it accidental parenting. Okay. I think because, on the first one. because you're no filter on the first one, because you're no filter. And so you're like, you know, in elementary school, you're like, no way. Cell phones are the devil and we're not getting that. And so you put your foot down and then you're not going to, you're not going to let up. You know, whereas like in seventh grade, I'm kind of like, oh, let's get him a phone. You know, everybody, everybody, he's the only one without a phone. And 
You, I go, no, we made our You mind are so up. stubborn. You are so stubborn. And sometimes you, the stubbornness worked for good. It did. It did. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you credit for that one, but I still call it accidental. Wait a minute. I got this on tape. Yes. This is good. She's giving <laughs> me credit. credit for something. Yes. So we call it accidental parenting. But through our accidental parenting, we have been able to address some questions like, what is normal? Um, I've always asked Chico, like, what's normal? Because... When you talk to and other we'll, parents, and that would yeah, be a great into, yeah. topic that we would get into. Yeah. But this, this is, you know, this is our our hope and our platform. Our platform is to help for for younger uh, couples, for couples thinking about getting married, for people that have kids that are struggling with addiction, for spouses that have uh, that are yes. married to addicts. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's a whole gamut to to dealing with uh, with family. Uh, you know, there, you know, that might be an F word too, family. Well, it is, it is, and faith, and yes, I had all, the, you know, I had all the F words. I was going to write the book. Somebody else is going to write the book now that I've exposed my F word book, but um, we can talk about all of them. Yes, and wait, you know, who we might write a sequel to whoever writes that. And book. I, and you know, for our audience, I mean, there, I am not in recovery unless it's from like codependency or something like that. I mean, we all. We're all, we all have F words, you know, I mean, yes. <laughs> we're all messed up, right? We are messed up, but we're, we're open it's about the human our, condition. It is the human condition. It's the condi human condition. We're all messed up, but I am coming from a point of, you know, maybe type A, I mean, type A, codependent, whatever, married to addict. drug addict to addict, alcoholic. With, with, with a little bit of ADD. Yes, not a little bit. I'm. I am embracing okay, my I was, ADD. I, yeah, I just. She she says it that way because she thinks sometimes I'm sensitive, and I have been sensitive. Sometimes. No, there's yes, many times yes. I'm sensitive, but the the key is, I'm all right with that. I'm embracing it today. I am ADD off the charts. I'm I'm a therapist. I've been sober 29 years. We have a treatment center. I've been married to Shannon for 23 years. I like to joke sometimes. Two uh, good yeah. years of marriage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, but it's been twenty three oh, yeah. great years, uh, uh, and so. But the the deal is, we we also want to show that hey, we do. We are different. We struggle. Uh, we we have conflict. Yes, we do, and we usually have conflict out in the open. So I mean, our kids laugh about it because they're like. Y'all don't fight in private. Y'all y'all fight out in the open, and our friends know that too. Our, our friends, friends are, say that. Yeah, oh they're just no! Like, oh god! Here, what did Chico do? <laughs> or sometimes, what did, you know? Shannon uh, will get to talking. Uh, yes. Yeah. Enough. Enough. Um, oh. Chico doesn't like details, but um, I like details. She likes over details. Okay. Well, and, and then we want to take questions too. Yes. We definitely want to. Um, take some questions and topics and we'd love to um, just be transparent and we'll be the ones that embarrass ourselves. Yeah. So no question is, we might not answer all questions, yeah. but we love the question. So please send us questions. We're excited about filter optional. Stay tuned. We're going to do this on a weekly basis. Um, next week's topic will really probably be more about what is normal and how to define normal. Thank you.